Just Our Real Estate, episode number 250. All right, guys, thank you and welcome to the show. My name is Mike Simmons and this is Just Our Real Estate and I am really excited to have you with me here today and I am really excited to get started and dive into today's content. But before I do, I wanna talk a little bit about a couple of different subjects. Number one, lead generation. Guys, every real estate investor that I know, every really successful real estate investor complains about one thing constantly and that's I don't have enough leads. They can't get enough leads in. So what you need to do at all times as a real estate investor is be looking for leads. Now, how do you do this? There's a lot of different ways. You can do it through the MLS. I've talked about that quite a bit. You can do it through direct marketing like postcards and yellow letters and bandit signs and things like that. That's a great way to do it. There's another way to do it that isn't talked about very often, and it's a very underutilized method of generating leads and actually getting deals coming to you all the time. And that's internet marketing. That's doing it online, having a website where you uh, advertise that you buy houses, right? And this online presence, this online marketing can generate leads for you 24 seven, not just when you send out postcards and then you have to repeat the cycle. I'm talking about all the time, leads coming in when you're sleeping, when you're busy when you're when you're out you know hanging out with your friends or hanging out with your family these leads are coming in all the time i can tell you firsthand because it's happening for me and my business i got my first lead generating website up about a month and a half ago and I can tell you I am already generating leads. And some of them I am doing some pay-per-click stuff. Some of them are just happening because people are finding me online. That's the beauty of it. People find you and you don't necessarily have to spend a dime generating those leads and getting people to your site. So I highly suggest that you get a lead generating website. And you might say, how do I do this? I don't know how to build a website. Well, that's taken care of for you. Lead Propeller is a company that offers very customizable websites designed specifically for real estate investors like you and me. If you go to my website, at the front page on the right-hand side, there's a banner for Lead Propeller. Click the banner and it'll take you to the Lead Propeller site. And if you put in the, the promo code, just start, you get one month free. 30 days to try the product out, see if you like it, see if it's everything that I'm telling you it is because I'm using it myself, but you get that one month to try it out. So go to my website, juststartrealestate.com. On the front page, on the right-hand side, there's a banner for Lead Propeller. Click that banner. It'll take you there. You can read all about the site. You can, you can play with it, look at it, pick a name for your website, and actually get it up and running and generating leads before you ever have to pay a dime. You can't beat that, guys. Go check it out. I know you're going to love it. I am already generating leads and making money off of my site. And like I said, some of them haven't, costed me, haven't cost me anything. So go check it out. You will be glad that you did. Okay, let's dive into the show. Okay, guys, thank you for being here again today. I really appreciate it. Today, we're going to dive back into the archives a little bit and replay an interview that I did with Matt Terrio. Now, if you don't know Matt Terrio, he runs a very successful real estate investing podcast himself called 
epic real estate investing, and I suggest that you check it out. You know, he's just one of these guys that really has has started from really modest beginnings in the business and made a heck of a business out of real estate. He focuses on financial education in general, right? Not just, you know, it's not all like real estate talk, although real estate's his vehicle. He's interested in building wealth, and he really talks about the importance of multiple streams of income and teaching people how to create wealth through conventional and creative real estate investing. So, you know, it's a lot about real estate for him, but man, he's just a, he's a wealth uh, expert. He's a wealth teacher. He teaches people how to be successful and build wealth. And I really had a lot of fun in this interview and I really, I dug deep for this one. I, I, this one aired like going on a year ago. It was just a really great interview and I think a lot of you haven't had a chance to hear it. So I really want to replay it for you. I think you're going to love it. I had a great time interviewing Matt. He was a great interview, just tons of information, very forthcoming. So here it is, Matt Terrio from the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. All right. Thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. I really appreciate you tuning in once again to check out the show. I'm really excited about today's guest. I've got uh, I've got a heck of a guy here with his own uh, podcast that we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, my guest today is Matt Terrio. Matt Terrio is an entrepreneur, author, success coach, and host of Your Do Over, a weekly podcast based on inspiring comeback stories that teach people how to start over with ease, speed, and lasting success. Also the creator of Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, Matt focuses on financial education, the importance of multiple streams of income, and teaching people how to create wealth through conventional and creative real estate investing. Having spent 15 years developing a successful career in the music industry, Matt lost it all when the digital download killed the CD distributor. At age 34, he found himself flat broke and bagging groceries. Without a plan B, he was forced to learn something new. Through consistent action and self-education, he's been able to rise again using real estate as his uh, reinvention vehicle. Matt is best known for his seamless blending of personal development and actionable steps to achieve financial independence through real estate. Welcome, Matt, to the show. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hey, I really appreciate it. And uh, we spoke a bit before we got started here, and uh, I, I do uh, listen to your podcast. It is fantastic. I mean, just just a lot of good stuff, a lot of actionable stuff, like you said. And, and I've I've gotten a lot out of it. Uh, I think it's uh, it's just great. So I appreciate you being on and doing that, and helping blaze the way for people like me to have a real estate podcast and and kind of educate people and try to do some good stuff. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for the nice words. No problem. So I know your background uh, is in the music industry. You had a career there for 15 years, and then uh, uh, Napster came along and ruined it for everybody. Right? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once that went south and, and that wasn't an option for you, what made you choose real estate? How did you, how did you get to that? Well, it was a couple different, um, I guess, converging events. You know, I was bagging groceries, and you know, I was really missing my old music day lifestyle of the comfy lifestyle that I'd become accustomed to. And, and I didn't know how I was going to get it back. And, you know, I probably was a, a broken record walking around and, and everyone was probably tired of hearing of my sob story in the supermarket, but the, the grocery <laughs> store manager uh, owned a few apartment buildings and he says, Hey, you know, if you want to get your life back, Matt, then it's probably going to happen through real estate. That's probably, that's, he said, that's the final frontier for the average person to get wealthy. And uh, I never forget those words. And yeah. so um, 
I did some research and everything that I found, the statistics and, uh, you know, all the evidence was there to confirm exactly what he said. And I, uh, one night with a bottle of wine and, and nothing but my <laughs> keyboard and Google, I went and started doing a lot more research and investigating and found an aunt that I hadn't talked to in several years and learned that she was the number one real estate agent and had been for 27 years and just two cities over from where I was living. Wow. So I, I sent her an email. And next day we had lunch, and gosh, I think within 48 hours I was in real estate agent school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I just thought that, you know, if I didn't have that plan B, so I knew I was going to have to create one. I was going to have to learn something new. So if I had to go learn something new, I might as well go out and learn whatever it is that's going to give me the greatest chance of me recreating my old lifestyle. So that's how sure. it turned out to be real estate. Okay, so you started as as um, a realtor then. It sounds I, like I I did. I, that's where uh, okay. a lot of people think that's where they're supposed to get started. Yeah. So what? Okay. Do you agree with that? Is that something where you would suggest other people when they're getting started to get their license? No, not at all. Not even close. Okay. Yeah, me, me neither. I'm just curious if you yeah. did. I was going to ask you about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, real estate agent, real estate investor. There's just an itsy bitsy piece of that that actually overlaps, and then that's that there's real estate involved. But those, they're not even related. They do two totally separate things. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's why a lot of uh, realtors really don't understand real estate investing very well. I think a lot, of, a lot of times they need to be educated, or it's you know it's relatively rare to find one that's really, really you know understands real estate investing. Mm -hmm. When you find one, hold on to them though. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, for sure. Okay, so that's that's a little bit about your background and how you you know you got started in real estate. So can you give uh, my audience a brief overview of your business as it stands today? And I know before you get started, I I have been all over your websites today like crazy. You have a lot going on. So I know there's there's just tons and tons of things that you have uh, that you're working on. But just your real estate investing career, I guess, if we just look at that, it, how does it look today? How do, how does it how do you run your business? What type of real estate investing do you do? Sure. So my personal portfolio consists of up to the to this month is I have 188 doors. That's probably evenly distributed between multifamily and single family. Okay. And I'm continuing to grow that. That That's my own real estate portfolio. And what helps fuel that is I do the actual investing for other people that are just too busy or don't know how to do it. Um, I've got a lot of clients. You know, I've got small business owners and doctors and lawyers and you're just your overall busy professionals that have money that are dissatisfied with the current return on their investments. And they know real estate's where it's at, but they got careers. They don't have time to go out and do it. So I have a lot of people like that that I actually do the investing for. And I take the profits for that and from that and continue to build my own portfolio. Okay. And, and now, just curiosity, is that the uh, cash flow savvy? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Um, for, okay. And in layman's terms, it, it's turnkey real estate investing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Okay. So where you find the property, you get it rented, you get it cash flowing, and they're basically purchasing that, that investment. Yep, it's a cash flowing asset for them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, nope, that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard, definitely heard that. Okay, so that's um, no, you, no, no flipping. Then you're not going out and doing the whole, um, uh, you know, flipping by and, and flipping big, you know, big spread properties where you're making tons of cash at one time. Nope. I mean, essentially, the, I guess the, the turnkey investing aspect of my business could be looked at as flipping. You know, um, okay. we're buying the property, we're fixing it up, we're putting the tenant sure. in there. We're arranging the property management, and then we sell it as a cash-producing asset. And from the profits from that is what fuels my own portfolio. Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay, that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. So you're you're typically a buy and hold guy. I mean, aside from the the um, the cash flow vehicles that mm-hmm. you're selling, your personal portfolio it's it's all buy and hold. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, very good. And are you purchasing real estate in in uh, California where you are there, or is it kind of all over? How do you decide where geographically you're going to invest? Perfect. Um, real estate uh, in California. I have three properties here, but I haven't purchased anything here in probably three years. Um, I am very much a cash flow investor, and unless you put a whole bunch of money down here in California, it's really difficult to to cash yeah. flow. Not impossible. There's people that are doing it, but it's just more work than I want to do. There's a uh, um, lower hanging fruit, I guess you could say, in the Midwest and in the South. I'm in six different states there, and okay, you know, I've just where the you know the the rental income exceeds the mortgage. Sure. Now, okay, so I have a couple questions then. First of all, when we go back to your beginnings a little bit, where did you start investing in real? I mean, forget the realtor thing for a minute. When, when did you actually start investing in real estate? If you don't mind my asking, where geographically or no, no, when? Oh, like when? How long ago? Okay, so yeah. it's been we're coming up on five years now. Okay, mm-hmm. five years. So, and you're investing in places other than California where you personally live. So, how do you find? properties in other in other areas and and who looks at them for you you know how are you getting the rehab done if you don't you know how do you get a crew in in states other than where you live these are some of the things that people struggle to do in their own backyard and you're doing it across the country which is very cool you're going to where the it makes the most sense Mm -hmm. but how do you develop those relationships and find the houses and know they're you know like okay i'm in michigan for example Mm -hmm. You can you can get some what look like on paper fantastic deals in detroit if you really want to Mm -hmm. but they're really not fantastic deals because you you can't rent the properties. They're in bad areas, but you don't if you don't local to the area, you may not know that. So how do you avoid those pitfalls in other states when you're investing? Good question. Um, well, first of all, I didn't just open up today and and had crews working in six different markets. Sure. You know, yeah. it all starts with one property, and I and it starts and before that, it starts with your network. It starts with referrals, and it was I guess about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, where a, a friend of mine, a good that's also a real estate investor, a, he had three multifamily properties under contract, and he only had enough money to close on two of them. And so he wholesaled me the third one, and that was in Memphis, Tennessee. And when I went out there to do my due diligence, I looked around, and I started looking at all the single families, and I was like, wow, I didn't know they sold houses this cheap. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they're actually standing up. And, and people are actually paying a whole lot of money for rent. So, and, and the reason that inspired me or that intrigued me because most of my uh, early real estate investing had a lot to do with raising money. I had someone that had access to the deals. He just needed to have money brought to the table. So I was always raising a lot of money for these LLC conglomerate type things where we'd have multiple partners and they'd put money into an LLC and they'd buy a bunch of property. Okay. So – one little thing to avoid the SEC guidelines, as long as you keep 10 members or less inside of an LLC, you don't have to get a private placement memorandum. So okay. when we were raising money like $2 million bucks here, $3 million bucks there, $4 million bucks there, we had to raise that money with 10 members or less. So in some instances, I, I couldn't even accept you as a partner inside or a member inside the LLC unless you had two hundred grand. Right. So during that process, I turned away a lot of people with – Forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in their bank account. I couldn't do anything with them. I didn't have any opportunities to help them. So I had a database full of those types of people. And when I went to Memphis and I saw these little fifty thousand dollar properties that 
you know, got seven and eight hundred dollars rent, the, the the light just went off. I was like, well, here's the opportunity for all these people that wanted to invest with me. Now I have something that they can actually do. So I was taking them. Started in Memphis, where they would pay cash for a property, fifty grand. We'd get it all. That would include all the rehab costs and everything. They'd get seven hundred, seven fifty a month in rent, and all of a sudden they got a twelve, thirteen percent cash on cash return with no debt service. And so yeah. out here in California, where properties are five hundred thousand dollars, that was a no brainer to a lot of people here. Yeah, absolutely. So that that got me started, and then. Uh, through uh, through that network, the the real estate agent. A lot of real estate agents in the Midwest are real estate agents in the Midwest are licensed in multiple states. So that re- my real estate okay. agent from Memphis hooked me up to the next market in uh, Columbus, and then we went to St. Louis, and then we went to Cincinnati, and then we're in Cleveland, and and then we're uh, where's the other place? We're in St. Louis, Kansas City, Columbus, Cleveland. I guess that's it. Cincinnati and Memphis, yeah. And so it just kind of spread, and we just added one market at a time, and where all the numbers were similar. But uh, the first thing that we did, if anyone is ever going to do that, you you got to um, create the team first. That's now, who's on the team? Okay, the team? so in each market, I have multiple team members. I have at least two property managers and two rehabbers. And so one property manager and a rehabber, that makes a team for me. A property manager and a rehabber makes a team. Okay. So when I'm there, I make sure that my my portfolio and my clients' portfolios are diversified amongst those two teams. And I make sure that they know about each other. Everything's above board, total total transparency. And what that tends to do is it keeps a number of things. It keeps performance high. It keeps the expenses low. And it keeps everyone honest and working hard. And it also, this is a big lesson that I learned in Memphis that I'll never, a mistake I'll never make again, is it eliminated all single points of failure. So having all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Right. And I had a very painful, expensive lesson in Memphis. And so I've (laughs) put put (laughs) systems in place to protect myself in all of my other markets, including Memphis now. In some markets, I have three or four teams. Okay. Yeah, and there's no really no greater teacher than than having a failure or a, a pain point. We'll call it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> my, my thing is, I hear people. You know, they go to the rich dad poor dad education, and I guess if you go through the whole process, you're going to spend over a hundred grand for their education, and and you'll see all kinds of stuff online of bad mouthing rich dad poor dad, and I would never pay that much money for education, and da 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 da. Okay. Well, I paid a lot more than a hundred thousand dollars to learn that lesson. You know, that one <laughs> yeah. lesson. So it's it's all relative. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, the, the just real quick, I have a, a follow-up question. Your 10-person LLC that you're talking about, I assume all of the members were getting a rate of return. You weren't like profit splitting between 10 people, or were you? Is that how, how it goes? Well, it, we, I have two different structures, and it, it just kind of depends on the deal. So I do have uh, a structure, a couple structures where members are equity owners. So they own a certain percentage based on how much money they put into the deal. Okay. So they've got a certain percentage, and then they get a certain percentage of the net operating income, and we give those disbursements out quarterly. Okay. Then I have another structure where everyone goes in, and they're all equal members, so they're all equal owners, but then they loan the LLC money. So they're loaning themselves money, of which the okay. LLC pays them a rate of return. Gotcha. Okay. So we okay. do it. Makes sense. One structure is investor-based, one another structure is lender-based. 
Okay. And now getting back to your teams that you were talking about, you have a rehabber and a property uh, manager. Do the rehabbers or property managers, are they are they locating properties for you or are you just saying, hey, here's the next property, go to work? In some instances, yes. But through all of my online efforts, through the podcast, through my, my coaching program, through the my membership online education program, uh, I've pretty much been able to create a, a nation worth of wholesalers and bird dogs. Wow, that's great. So that's where most of my properties come from. And and then it's then they've referred people to me and it that just keeps growing and growing and growing. Okay. And then what is your just so people know, so you have a, a nation of bird doggers and a bird dogger is basically someone who's just out there finding deals for you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, and wholesaler, same thing. They're basically finding properties and I assume getting maybe getting them under contract and then assigning it or are they selling them to you after they purchase them? Exactly. I, we, the, what I teach in the academy is a uh, as an assignment structure. So I just, okay. it's just a basic two-page contract and then they have the little assignment contract that goes along with it. So I teach them okay. how to get it that far, how to get it under contract, and then I teach them how to negotiate their profit in there. And then they just assign it to me. It's really clean and easy. Gotcha. And then what is your, I mean, maybe without getting into a ton of detail, but what is your basic criteria for evaluating a deal and whether or not it's good? Hmm. When a a bird dog brings you a deal. Sure. What's your, your, like, maybe your first filter? How do you First filter, it's got to be in a place where I have a team already. Okay. Fair Uh, enough. But then there's an exception because I've just got a a, a bunch of property, a a big pool of properties, 40 properties in North Carolina, which I don't have a team. But if I get that kind of opportunity, it might be worth creating a team there so I can create the team around the 40 properties. Yeah, it's a whole new market. Right. But the team is my absolute first criteria. And then the second criteria is I'm looking for um, my minimum rate of return. Okay. And that the more deals I mean started out at 10% if I could get 10% cash on cash I was ecstatic and you know went up to 15 and then 20 and and now with the the private money strategies and stuff um you know I'm looking for infinite all the time but yeah, but yeah, if someone's right. giving me a uh, I'm looking for fi- about 15% 12 to 15% okay. cash on cash mm-hmm. okay Okay, sounds good. So <clears throat> you're you're definitely your coach, right? And you're a mentor, and, and and you're talking to people all the time about real estate. What are some of the mistakes that you see new investors make? Maybe before they come to you, or or whatever. How, what kind of mistakes do you see that investors are making out there right now that maybe just makes you cringe? Um, just getting ready to get ready, uh, <laughs> right. being afraid of stuff that there's nothing to be afraid of. One of um, my mentor, one of the, the mantra that he always subscribed to and he always impressed upon me was just travel as far as you can see. And when you get there, I promise you'll see farther. And yeah. <laughs> he would just say that over and over again. And, you know, the first couple of times it was a little scary. I agree. So I understand the fear out there. But when you get there, you're like, what was I afraid of? There, there's not a single moment where I went and took a, hit, a challenge that might have scared me a little bit up front or I was nervous about, and I looked back and I was like, whoa, that was, whew, I, I dodged a bullet yeah. there. No, never. <laughs> I was right. like, why yeah. did I wait so long to get started? That's a big yep. The The other one that, that makes me cringe is is people, um, uh, I'm going to give this a try for a month and see how it goes. That thing yeah. just drives me nuts because this is not a give it a try and see how it goes type business. And, um, you know, this this is either this is going to be a side thing for you while you do your regular job or you're going to commit to it and you're going to make it your 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 career. 
Yep. And, you know, I've got clients that, you know, it takes four, five, six, seven months before they ever get a property under contract. And I have clients that get it under in their first week trying. So everyone starts from a different place. Everyone has different resources available to them. Everyone has different experience and, and different sophistication and intellect levels and different areas, you know. And so they all grow at different speeds and they all achieve their results at different times. But if they do the right activities, they do those activities consistently and they stick to it, they all will get results. Yeah, that's that is so true. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, the first one that you said, actually, it's it's almost like uh, I'm I'm uh, setting you up a little bit because the first one was just to get out there and get started, right? And that's exactly what this podcast is about. I, I have the same experience with with new investors, and what frustrates me is the getting ready to get ready. The people who sit on the sidelines and they read and they go over forums and they buy books and maybe they mm-hmm. go through courses and boot camps and they just never seem to get off the starting block. And I don't really, I don't suggest that people just start throwing money willy-nilly and buying whatever's out there. You have to you have to be a little bit thorough and, and do your due diligence, but at some point you have to just start. And I think that's not just real estate. I, you know, I've listened to a lot of founders and, you know, success stories of different people who've done very very well in their in their uh, field and time after time when they're asked advice that they could give, you know, people out there, it's just start. Just just get going, Absolutely. get started, do something. So, you know, you never get anywhere if you don't get started. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So, if you all right, you didn't do this so very long ago. You started your real estate investing career about five years ago. You said, but let's just say for a minute we wiped away all of your investments and all of your coaching programs and everything. You had to start from ground zero. All your websites are gone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you had to start over and and try to build a real estate investing business from scratch. Mm-hmm. What would you do first? How would you go about that? Well, the first, all of my business right now, it comes through my relationships. So that would be the first thing that I would start doing is, is I need to go and surround myself intentionally with a group of like-minded people, of people that are actually doers that are in the business, and I'll go out and find what people are missing in their business. So the, there's plenty of investors that are always looking for money. There's plenty of investors that are always looking for uh, deals, for properties. And I'll find mm-hmm. out what, what the needs are in my market, and then I'll go out and start fulfilling those needs for people. Um, okay. That's kind of a general answer, but that, that's exactly how I got started. That's how I would do it again. It, it was a very, a very accelerated path when you look at it that way. Gotcha. And like you said, when you started, the, the need was money, right? You knew someone who had the deals and they, they couldn't get the money and that's where you came in. Correct. Correct. Okay. And, you know, and, the, okay. and when you have the deals, I, mean, I always recommend people start finding the deals first because it's a lot easier to find the money when you have a deal in your hand right? than saying, right. give me some money and I'm going to go find you a deal. <laughs> that almost never works. <laughs> exactly. Now, if, how did you find, just out of curiosity, you were the money guy, right? You found the money. How did you do that without any maybe connections or any experience in real estate, uh, real real big experience? How did you find investors? What was your, what was your way of doing okay, that? Okay, perfect. So, I started going to real estate investor clubs. I started going to network meetings. I'd go to um, Chamber of Commerce and you know, I'd go on the uh, uh, meetup.com. Love that website. And I just started, yep. I typed in hiking groups. So I'd go on hikes. I typed in wine tasting groups. I'd go wine tasting. And I just interact with people. And the one thing that's cool about real estate is kind of universal. And, and money's universal. And investments are universal. So you didn't have to be in an entrepreneur group or in a real estate investor group or a venture capitalist group to talk about those subjects. So right. I would always go to where there were people that were already doing what I like to do. That way it was very natural because we had something in common. 
And then I had three basic questions. The three basic questions that I raised millions of dollars with in just a couple of years, the first couple of years I was in the business. And the first would be um, when it felt appropriate would be, uh, would you be open to whatever deal I had? So if I said, would you be open to a 15% return on your money? And people would go, well, yeah, who wouldn't? That was always the answer. Well, no, duh. Who, where can you get that? <laughs> right? Right. Right. And so then I'd say, okay, well, I mean, if I had something like that, Mike, um, how much would you have available for that type of investment? Right. Yeah. Okay. I, so that's what I would Yeah. And they would tell me. Well, I don't know. I'd probably come with a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. Whatever they'd say, and then uh, on top of that, I was like, great. Well, you know, it would be one of two things. Um, gosh, if, if something comes up, would it make sense for us to, to, to get together and talk about this more? And I would just leave it there. Or I would say, I have a friend that that's working on a deal kind of like that. Would it make sense for me to arrange a conversation with them? That was it. It was very non-threatening. Well, it was just prodding or just kind of investigating. And uh, the the magic words wouldn't make sense, you yeah, know. Right. And uh, it's it's just kind of like when you ask that, everything makes sense. So everyone says yes to it. So, <laughs> you know, would it make sense to you know if I had something that would give you fifteen percent cash on cash return, and uh, would it make sense to to, to talk about it? Well, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's great right? advice. No, it's, so yeah. those three questions. That's how I did it. I just I. Actually, I went out and prospected, and those were the three questions I used to prospect. That's awesome. Now, <clears throat> what part does mindset play in achieving goals and in, in, in your objectives and in real estate or whatever? You know, mindset is such a big thing. Everyone can learn the information, but some people just can never seem to take that step. Why is it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, mindset is everything. Mind, your mindset, your thoughts happen before your actions. You know, your thoughts will dictate your actions. Um. It's everything. So, for an example, if if your goal is financial freedom, then you got to go out and, and see what people are doing to become financially free. And so, your mindset is the difference between: Do I go out and work hard for finances, or do I go and work hard and, and create st- a stream of finances? So, it's the difference between right. cash and cash flow: piles of cash or streams mm-hmm. of cash. So. If just that with your mindset, if I'm focused on making cash or if I'm focusing on making streams of cash, that's going to very much dictate two entirely different looking days. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I'm just, For sure. just trying to pay the bills today, let me see if I can make rent. Or if I'm trying to um, provide security for my family's future, those just different. It's the difference between a fix and flip and a buy and hold. It's the difference between, yep. you know, and this is why most people can't do it. Is because they sit there and they go do a fix and flip and they have thirty thousand dollars of payday staring them in the face, or they go and they hold on to that property and they get three hundred dollars a month staring them in the face. Yep, that's a really difficult decision for most people to make. Most people make the thirty thousand dollars, or they take the thirty thousand dollars, but that's not getting them anywhere closer to financial freedom. That they're, right. they're still further away from it because. Anyone that's ever made a money, made a good amount of money, or has hit a good run where they're making good money, what do they find out? They find out that they start spending more money. Sure. You know, and if you just look yep. at the the statistics for the government, you know, ninety five percent of today's sixty five year olds are either dead or dead broke, because they all yep. worked hard for money their entire life, and their lifestyle went up and down based on how much money they made. But if they went sure. to, like for myself. I focused on creating streams of cash, and in less than you know three and a half, four years, all of a sudden my passive income exceeded my expenses, and I am free. 
Now I can go work on making a bunch, bunch of money. Now I can go focus on being rich, you know? Sure. But I got the freedom behind me to do it. So that's just yeah. one example of where a mindset is, it, it really will dictate an entirely different outcome. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. That's that's awesome advice, actually. So, all right, you've been extremely uh, generous with your time and information. I, I want to ask you, though, if you could tell me in your business today, in your real estate business specifically, what are some resources, some things that you use? It could be a website, could be an app, could be anything, a book or something you use in your business that you rely on that you really enjoy right now. Okay, well, we said books. So let me give you the, the two books I read at least once okay. a year. Awesome. I read uh, Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within, and I read Jeff Olson's The Slight Edge. Those two books together are probably more powerful for someone's success than anything else I can think of. So those are the, the, the books that I use, um, or that I, that I refer. As far as a tool or a resource, um, I love meetup.com. Really? I, I think it's the best place to, to where you can locate the people that are like-minded that you can actually meet with offline and create relationships. You know, at the end of the day, real estate, it is a people business. You can never, ever forget that. Every piece of real estate you ever buy or sell is going to be from or to another person. Yeah. You know, yeah. regardless of how many systems and gadgets and, and blinky things that are out there that say you just push a button <laughs> and you do real estate and never leave yeah. the comfort of your own home, that's just, it's just false. At it, well, some point, you're going to have to get on the phone at the very least with another person and your people skills are going to be required. That connection is going to be required. You're going to need to have that relationship to, to get things to go through on a consistent basis. So I think meetup.com is, is a great resource to meet like-minded people. That's awesome. That's the first time anyone's ever said that one, but I like it. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, networking, relationships, that's just, that is real estate. You know, people think it's money and, and two by fours, but it's really, it's really not. I mean, <laughs> right. like you said, if you have deals, you can find money and it's not, it doesn't take rocket science to find money, but having, you know, having those people skills, going out and talking to people and just stepping, you know, for some people, it's stepping out of their comfort zone too. A lot of people aren't really comfortable networking and, and engaging with other people, but you have to, mm -hmm. you just, there's, you can't outsource it. You can't fake it. You know, people see right through that. So you have to be able to go out there and talk to people. And it's not nearly as bad as you think. Once you go and do it, um, it it's, it's rewarding and it's just not nearly as scary as people make it out to be. Absolutely. It's so it's so fulfilling, actually, and you, you, you feel like a million bucks once you do it for the first time with any sort of success. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yep. Okay. Any So any parting words of advice? New real estate investors out there, something you could tell them, a, a mm -hmm. parting word of advice for them and, and as they get, maybe as they're getting started, because this podcast really is aimed at, at the new and, and beginner real estate investor, mm -hmm. maybe not the one that's been doing it for years and mm -hmm. years and years, but somebody, we're trying to get them off the, off the starting block a little bit and give them some confidence to go out there and do it. What would you tell them? Sure. Well, first of all, you know, the name of the podcast, just start, right? Yep. Don't wait to get started. But the one piece of advice, the, the, the thing that I think the mindset around what you need to have around your business right now is we are in a very unprecedented market to where, you know, they say more millionaires and billionaires are going to be created over the next few years than any other time in history. And I think that's very much the truth. And the biggest reason is that in most parts of the country right now, well, I don't know if most is accurate, but I know a significant portion, more than 50% for sure, you can buy real estate for less than what it costs to build. And not just 5, 10, 15%. I mean, the properties we're buying, we're buying it at 40, 50% uh, of replacement costs. 
And yep. what that means is, and I, we buy everything for cash flow, so that's all we're focused on is cash flow. But if you buy below the replacement cost, what that means is once everyone starts building again, of which there are already signs indicating that that's happening, that what, they're only building because they're going, they're anticipating that they're going to be able to build and make a profit. And sure. when they start building and making a profit, what happens to your property that you purchased at half of replacement costs? It is worth more, it, yes, <laughs> to say the least. So when you're buying below replacement costs right now, and you make sure you buy cash flow first, below replacement costs second, you are almost it's almost guaranteed appreciation. There are already enough people walking the earth right now. They've already been born. They're already walking to where it's going to cause a increased demand for new housing. So they will start building. And now we don't know if that's going to happen next month or next year or 10 years from now. But as long as you buy for cash flow, it doesn't matter because you're going to cash flow while you wait. And when it does happen, you're going to be put in a perfect position. So my advice is right now is the time to control as much property as you possibly can. Responsibly, of course, but get as much of it as you can because that's you're not going to have this opportunity in the future. Yep, that's great advice. And before we go, I do want to touch on a couple of things. If you want to learn more about Matt, you can go to his website at Matt Terrio, just spelled T H E R I A U L T dot com to learn more about Matt himself. Um, for sure, you should go and check out your do over. It's his weekly podcast. Uh, I think you should check that out. And uh, for sure, this uh, particular audience, Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. It's a great podcast. I listen to it. I subscribe to it. It's it's definitely well worth listening to. A lot of good information on there. And then you have something called your Pro. I'm sorry, Epic Pro Academy. Just quickly, what is that exactly? That's um where, where I teach people how to invest in real estate. It's a it's a membership okay. website where I've got 10 lessons. Um, what did you call it? The, when, as, as I was coming up, I didn't have any money or credit when I got started. Obviously, I was bagging groceries, right? So I was forced to be creative. And I came up with 12 different strategies of how to acquire real estate using very little to no money. And I put all of those inside the Epic Pro Academy. And in fact, I have I can, you can get the first two strategies for free at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Get the first two over there for free. And if you like that, then you know you can come and join the Academy and get the other 10. That's incredible. And we will, just so everyone knows, everything we talked about today, all of the links, all of Matt's sites, and everything he has to offer will be available on the show notes at juststartrealestate.com forward slash Matt Terrio. And again, the spelling of the last name is T-H-E-R-I-A-U-L. Matt, it has been awesome having you on the podcast. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, Mike. You rock, bud. I like your new show, and congratulations on that. And uh, if you ever need anything, give me a holler. Thanks a lot. I will definitely do that, and uh, I'll be listening to your podcast. And, uh, yeah, keep it up, man. You're doing awesome stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. All right, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Remember, if you want to be a real estate investor, if you want to get involved in real estate and really do something big in this business, There's only one way to make that dream a reality. Just start.